listening to the Sport Fellow Podcast. Good, smart, sports. Hey y'all, welcome back to the Sports Fellow Podcast. That's right, it's me, Sam Y. Miller, with my buddy Parker Dye. Say, hey, what's up, Parks? What's going on, Sammy boy? Hey man, we got an awesome episode lined up for all our listeners today, and frankly, we got so much stuff, it might be a little bit longer than usual, I don't know, we, it's hard to tell sometimes planning all this content, but there's just so much good stuff to talk about right now, and we're not even going to talk about the beginning of the NBA or NHL seasons, which are um, are fun in their own right, but it's football time, isn't it, buddy? Football time, baby. Although I will say, uh, the Lakers recently had a had a legitimate brawl with the <laughs> the Rockets. Did you see that? Yeah, uh, it looked like Rondo <clears throat> got a little offended by Chris Paul, but you know, it say happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just interesting because you don't see LeBron-led teams do that too often, or at least you haven't in the past. Yeah, so. the Lakers do not um, look good. Interesting. Anyway, you know, we came here to talk about football, so let's do this thing, man. We're going to start off with talking about some NFL trade stuff, um, trades that did happen recently, and, and maybe some trades that uh, – is it that we're thinking about trades or um, trades that people should be making? Yeah, maybe. Okay. You know. Ooh, mystery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, then we're going to look at the top four and bottom four projections for the NFL, the teams that we think are going to end up in the AFC and NFC championship games, and then the bottom feeder four, who's going to end up with the first four picks in the NFL draft, at least we think at this point. From there, we'll transition to um, maybe some people that they'll be interested in taking a look at. Hi at those four picks, some draft-eligible college players to tune in for, and just some fun guys that um, maybe can help you schedule your college football watching on Saturdays. And then finally, we'll get to college pick for this week. Um, this weekend, what's it going to be, Parker? The 26th, 27th, is it, of uh, the, that Saturday? Sometime in there. Um yeah, what you should be tuning into, uh, the interesting lines and all of that. So, man, so much to get to, Parker. Let's start with NFL trades, buddy. What you got for us? <clears throat> well, the most exciting trade, um, and but not necessarily the most recent trade, was the Cowboys trading uh, for Amari Cooper uh, from the Raiders for that first-round pick. And I'd really like to just get, like, 30, 45 seconds of your thoughts there, Sammy. <laughs> Exactly 30 seconds go. Um, so my thoughts are that Amari Cooper is not a bad player. I would like to lead off with that. He's been a two-time Pro Bowler, and he, I think, I, I don't necessarily know um, if he has the talent to be a top 15 receiver in the NFL. To me, he's bordering on that number. Uh top 15 um so top 15 top 10 somewhere in there um a first round pick 
in that light seems maybe not as crazy as what people have made it out to be. At the same time, seeing what other players have gone for recently, um, as far as picks are concerned, the value that players relate to in terms of picks, that does seem pretty steep. And uh, the rumors that coming out that no one else was really even bidding close to that much for Amari Cooper maybe makes the Cowboys seem a little bit desperate, especially from what Jesse's told us, uh, the Joneses seem to think that this is as much a win-now move as it is building for the future. And that, I don't think, is the mindset that they should have when um, trading for a guy who is on the last year of his contract um, and they're going to have to sign to either pretty big money this year or let him walk in free agency and lose your first-round pick. So that seems crazy to me, meaning that um, I guess they prefer Cooper to anybody they would have gotten uh, in the draft, and, and they're hoping that he ups their draft value, I guess, or, or lowers their draft value, you know, makes their pick worse. I don't know. That's a lot more than 30 seconds. But those are my initial thoughts, Parker. What about you? Any reactions to what I said? Yeah, I think um, I think you're spot on. I think the Cowboys planning to win now um, is maybe the wrong thought here. Um, a guy like Kelvin uh, Harmon from NC State could have been had in that draft maybe uh, by the Cowboys, who I think is a really talented wide receiver. Um, who's another one? Oh, the J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, um, that – wide receiver from Stanford, who I also think is, is really talented. Man, you're not even naming any of my favorites from this upcoming draft class. We'll get to those, but yeah, I, I don't think it's a bad wide receiver class. I don't. Do you think, off the top of your head, anyone's obviously as good as Cooper? Well, I, valuing Cooper as uh, a more ready NFL talent is, is absolutely true, right? Like, he's played in the league for for four years now, uh, or this is his fourth year. Um, but the and money he's really young, he is young he's still, really young he's only well. 24. Um, so I think that is great value. Um, but my, I guess to say Cooper is better in my mind than those wide receivers will be next year. Um, and I get him now. Um, but my, my final thought about it is if he removes even some pressure out of the box, then it's a success for Dallas because Zeke will no longer have to run against eight and nine man boxes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's totally fair. So. I guess the question is, is one wide receiver enough to do that? Um, we'll see. I mean, because they legitimately did not have a starting X. I feel like yeah, it, Michael Gallup to me isn't there. Isn't that guy yet? Probably will would should never be that guy. Yeah, yeah, um, I agree with you. So, so maybe. Maybe this is their their uh, finally resolving the Des Bryant hole in that offense, but um, I don't know. They're a confusing team to begin with, so I'm rooting for it. I, I I always thought Cooper should be and is more talented than he has shown, uh, at least the, especially the past two years. So, I agree. Um, yeah. Well, what about some of the other trades, man? A little more interesting of a trade I thought um, was the Browns trading Carlos Hyde to the Jaguars mm-hmm. uh, for a fifth-round pick. Yeah. How do, how do you feel about yeah, that? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, the Browns got Hyde and free agency, you know, not – it wasn't really that competitive of a um, bidding war for Hyde. 
as I recall. But I think it, it says more about the Jaguar situation to me than it does the Browns. Um, the Browns have Duke Johnson, who by all accounts is a lot better than he's shown in games. And I think they really like Nick Chubb as well. Um, and I think that if you have Nick Chubb, Carlos Hyde to me doesn't doesn't really seem like much different of a player. Yeah. You know, so, so if you have two of those guys... Um, and, and one maybe still has a ways to go before he reaches a ceiling in Chubb, then why not get something back for Hyde in draft capital? Um, the Jaguars, on the other hand, I feel like we don't know a whole lot about the Leonard Fournette situation, but um, they're in disarray absolutely this year. And, the um, yeah, that, that situation seems maybe a little more dire than I realized. Yeah, I completely agree with that take. Uh, the Browns have two very capable running backs that can replace Hyde. Uh, he, he only rushed for like 382 yards and, and a couple of touchdowns when he was in Cleveland anyway. Um, Cleveland has a lot bigger issues than just filling their backfield, right? Like, or, or having a running back on the field. I, I, think, uh, I think Chubb is equally as talented or maybe more. The Jaguars losing Leo... And honestly, we knew this about him going in, right? Like, we all thought he was going to be mm-hmm. a pretty good running back, but he does have injury history. And it's so unclear um, what is going to happen. I think this may have been a panic move to try and right the ship, but I'm not sure if it's going to work because you're exactly right. They are in complete disarray. Yeah, Leah's an interestingly designed person i guess physically total freak physically yeah he's a he's he's an absolute stud on the upper half of his body even through the thighs but i just feel like his lower body is is so fragile Um, yeah (laughs) and in general i i can't remember if i think this is a lower body injury he's been out for yes um yeah, he, he has, like, really weak ankles, I think. But if so. you were going to design a warrior, it would be 6'2", 240 pounds that ran 4'4". <laughs> like, oh, yeah, no. He He's is an absolute monster. A total monster. Yeah. Um, the most recent trade, uh, today even, was Eli Apple to the Saints. Um, so the Giants traded their CB1 um, to the Saints for a fourth-round pick this year and a seventh-round pick next year. <laughs> I, I think you can call this a lose now trade for, for the Giants, right? <laughs> Opposite of the win now. They're they're in tank mode after losing uh last night and 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 uh, not that you know, I, I the the Falcons were the better team, absolutely sure. in that game. But I think it, it was just a formality, you know, and, and it's time for the Giants to, to call it a year. And, hey, it's a good year to have the first overall pick, potentially. I agree. Um, uh, if you're looking for a quarterback. So, um, yeah, that's that's my take. And, and I guess, you know, it doesn't make New Orleans worse by any means. I think that's a pretty fair price for Eli Apple. He's He was a former first-round pick who never really looked as good as people thought he, he was going to. And, you know, now I'll go help a team that is legitimately – um, eyeing the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, I think that's a the perfect analysis for that. I think Eli Apple is going to succeed much more uh, as a CB2 for the Saints. Um, and he does bolster that 
basically all Ohio State secondary. So <laughs> yeah, true. Um, so pretty pretty cool for the Saints um, and a decent decent price. Yeah, really, absolutely. Um, and I just kind of thought about some trades that we would like to have happen right now, right? Um, mm-hmm. So the Giants are in total sell now mode. The Raiders appear to be in sell now mode. Um, another team that should be in sell now mode uh, is the Cardinals. And we've heard a lot of speculation about them trading Buchanan, who's had sort of an up and down year, um, and then uh, Hassan Reddick. Um, Reddick, who has also uh, not been able to get on the field for them because he's changed positions a couple of times. Uh, I'm, I'm just kind of curious, Sam, what teams do you think should be moving in to get that type of player, those types of players? Yeah, it's interesting to me, Parker. I would say it depends on on those two different players. So, and and would you include Patrick Peterson as? Ooh, Pat Pete. Yes, I'm so sorry. Sure. I'm, yeah, I got lost. So, I would separate Pat Pete uh, and Dion Buchanan from Hassan Reddick. I think. Okay. A team like the Bills or a young team that is looking to build should be um, inquiring about Hassan Reddick, who was a former first-round pick. Maybe you could get him for for less than that. Okay. Um, I think teams that are in win-now mode that there that's uh, the kind of team that should go after Patrick Peterson and um, and Deion Buchanan. Teams that need to get better on defense right away. Um, interesting teams like that are in obvious Super Bowl windows right now. The Chiefs, if they have anything to spare, I think Patrick Peterson helps you immediately. A, a defense that lost Marcus Peters, um, I think you get a lot better by adding Patrick Peterson. One hundred percent agree. Um, the Rams actually don't have excellent linebackers. If they can, I mean, I don't even know if they have any draft capital left, but they could have. If they could afford Deion Buchanan somehow, that would help, I think. Um, I don't know. Did you have any teams, Parker, in mind? Uh, the Chiefs were exactly who I had in mind for Pat Pete. Uh, I think that move needs to be made uh, basically right now. <laughs> uh, trade deadline <laughs> yeah. is October 30th, and I think the Chiefs should be seriously considering a first-round pick for Pat Pete because I think he is that good and could take that team to the next level. Um but the other two guys, yeah, I, I think young, younger teams, uh, probably the Rams for Buchanan would be a great fit. Um, but someone else that I was thinking about, uh, another team that is in need of a specific player um, is the Packers. They need a running back. Um, mm. And they need one in kind of a weird way, right? Like they have three running backs, Ty Montgomery, Aaron Jones, and uh, Williams who are all pretty average players, um, mm-hmm. but I think they need a hammer back. And Derrick Henry came to mind when I sort of thought about that, even though he's more of a finesse big guy. Um, but I think <laughs> with the Packers, he could be very successful because he has good hands. Um, mm-hmm. And another player that came to mind, even though it's in division, was LeGarrette Blunt. How do you, how do you feel mm-hmm. about those players? Yeah, I mean, I see where you're coming from here. A, um, you know, you might remember I mocked Darius Geis to the Packers. You did in our in our mock draft this 
past spring, and I really liked the idea of a really hard running uh, halfback for them. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, realistically, the Lions probably wouldn't trade in division, and I don't think the Packers would want to give the Lions anything. Um, I wonder though if they could get guys like. I mean, the Bills have Chris Ivory, if that's interesting. I mean, he's not super talented, but if you just want a guy who's going to run really hard straight forward, <laughs> he could do that. Um, yep. I mean, you could pro- you could give one of the Seahawks many backs a flyer. I think that you could argue both Chris Carson and Mike Davis have shown a little bit more spark than, than um, the, the Packers power runners this year. I'm just not really sure if the Packers want to run the ball. <laughs> you know, I think it seems to me like they do it just to keep the other team somewhat honest. And, and really, uh, it's becoming more and more the Aaron Rodgers show than it ever was. So, um, Good point. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's interesting. I, I, I actually was thinking about when you mentioned the Packers, um, that they'd be an interesting team to get in the Hassan Reddick uh market as well yeah that i i like that fit for them as an outside linebacker Mm -hmm. uh and my and my last player is is also a running back uh i think the dolphins have shown that the adam gase uh experiment is probably over um they really don't have much of an answer with Tannehill, uh and they really it's inexplicable almost how little they seem to want to use uh, Kenyon Drake. And so I thought he might also be a player that should be on the move. Um, mm. The Patriots are in need yeah. for a running back. Also, those two uh, previously mentioned could be. Because uh, one really good one isn't enough for the Patriots, is that? Well, Sony <laughs> Michelle may be out for. Um, oh, I didn't see that. Four or five weeks. Yeah, it's like a oh, soft yikes. tissue injury, and they're not really yeah. releasing much other than that. Classic Patriots. Obviously, it's in division, so it would take a lot, but Drake would would look good in a Packer uniform or a Patriot uniform. Mm, Interesting. When you mentioned the Dolphins, I also thought, well, have the Packers never barked up the Frank Gore tree? That seems like a great fit for the Packers. Uh, A really good blocker who runs super hard. Yeah. But, who knows? Um, Thanks, Parker. Those are fun ideas. I like that. Yeah, buddy. Cool. You want to jump into this top four, bottom four? Let's do it. All right, so the the theoretical exercise here is that we are looking at who is most likely to be in the AFC Championship game, who is most likely to be in the NFC Championship game, and then turn to the bottom of the league and try and predict uh, the teams that will end up with the top four picks in this 2019 NFL draft upcoming. So... Um, you want to start with those championship games? Let's Parker? start with them, baby. All right. So if in the AFC championship, I'm not budging from Kansas City. Why would I at this point, right? Yeah, you uh, can't. <laughs> you yeah. called that day one. <laughs> so so I have Kansas City, and the, the next spot is obviously a lot tougher. I think um, right now – with things kind of still up in the air, I'll give an honorable mention to the Chargers, but I think they'll have to play one extra game um, because Kansas City, to me, is a lock to win that division probably. So um, 
So that means that I'm going to predict New England uh, to get the other bye in the AFC, and then and then uh, theoretically the two the top two seeds in the AFC would be Kansas City and New England. One less game each to play. They meet again in the AFC Championship game. Um, and uh, was it the Pats that gave the Chiefs their one loss this year? It, it was. Yeah, so that would be a, a pretty epic rematch. Yeah, and Mahomes looked pretty human in the first half of that game. Now, obviously, he came back and played well in the second half, and uh, they ended up losing on that final drive, I think. But um, but those are also my two teams, Chiefs and Pats. Uh, <laughs> nice. It's uh, kind of boring there. The Chargers were also my honorable mention. Um, really? Oh, yeah, how about so, that? so we, were, we were in lockstep on that one. Well, the AFC is tough, isn't it? I mean, nobody's really separated themselves other than those three teams. And the Patriots don't even look superb every week that it's just that chiefs win that that really stands out yeah yeah, yeah. So. it's tough to to bet against belichick and brady too i mean belichick i'm not surprised he was the one who was able to scheme um in a way that would limit mahomes although i think mahomes worst fantasy day was actually against jacksonville uh, yeah only 15 points that day yeah anywho let's move on to the nfc championship game. Parker, I obviously have the Los Angeles Rams, um, who are clearly the best team in the NFC and currently have the best record in the NFL, uh, are just cruising over most teams so far. Um, I'm interested, I'm assuming you have the Rams as one of your teams, right? I do. The Rams are the class of the NFC. Absolutely. So I'm interested in your second choice because this one was very tough for me. My second pick, um, as much as it pains me to say, is the Saints. They managed to put up a bunch of points. Um, Their defense isn't great, but maybe with the addition of Eli Apple, they get a little better. Um, And they are just running away with our division. So the Saints (laughs) are, are my next NFC championship game lock. Saints seem like a strong pick to me. Um, Drew Brees is a pretty easy guy to trust, but I don't know. They, to me, the Saints are they're a confusing team, um, and I'm shying away from them. I'm, oh. I'm going with the the Minnesota Vikings actually. Okay. Another rematch from earlier this year. I feel like the Vikings' defense has underperformed so far, but on paper, they should be one of the best defenses in the NFL. And their offense still looks very good. Do you know if Dalvin Cook's coming back this year, Parker? I thought he was just doubtful, um, but I believe he is okay, even though Latavius Murray has has looked very good. Right, yeah, the running game hasn't been bad without him. But that, that offense is strong. Their defense should be really good. They gave the Rams a great game earlier this year. To me, they are um, they are the team that I'm feel feel most safe about relying on um, to make the NFC Championship game. It's going to be tough in that division. It's a it's a tough division with Mitch Trubisky looking really good right now, and obviously going up against Aaron Rodgers often as well. But um, yeah, that's that's what I have and. I don't feel like a hundred percent confident about it, like I do about the Rams, but um, but I don't. Yeah, I don't know what it is about the Saints, man. I guess Sean Payton teams kind of scare me a little bit. Hmm. 
Okay, I like it. They scare me too, but for a different reason. <laughs> In a different way. <laughs> uh, the Vikes are my right. third pick. Um, so, yeah, the, okay. I kind of hedge my bets there. Gotcha. All right, so that's who we have. We, we're in lockstep except for that second NFC championship team. Um, let's turn to the bottom feeder four. From four to one, Parker, let's go. Um, who do you have as, as ending up with the fourth pick this year Ew. in the uh, 2019 NFL draft? Uh, so as it sits, I have the Bills getting the fourth pick in the draft right now. Um, they're very close with the Cardinals, or, or I mean, uh, excuse me, the Giants for me right now, I think the Giants will manage to win a couple of more games. Um, but the Bills, I think, if Derek Anderson is the answer, that is not a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, uh, agreed. Um, I have the Giants at four. Um, not that I think the Bills are going to uh, win more games than the Giants. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> But honestly, these four teams, to me, could end up in any iteration of being the bottom four teams. But I think they're pretty clearly the worst four, in my mind. So, Giants four. I have Raiders at three, Parker. Who do you have at Wow. Three? I actually have the 49ers at three. I think the 49ers mm-hmm. are going to uh, just pull out one more game than the Raiders. Gotcha. Yeah, I have uh, I have the 49ers at finishing fifth, actually. After their um, gutsy performance against Green Bay, I feel like they might be better than, than these teams. So right. I have Raiders at three in selling uh, fire sale mode. Um, and I have the Bills at two, man. With Josh Allen hurt, I think that they might lose almost every single game from here on Jeez. out. Jeez. Yeah. What about you? Uh, at two, I have the Cardinals. I think they are just so broken. Uh, firing Mike McCoy midseason and and then putting in Byron Leftwich is is the KOD for me. Uh, so, <laughs> particularly, the yeah, the TKO. <laughs> particularly if they trade Pat Pete and and uh, yeah, they just have nothing. I'm on I'm on the same page. That's why I have Cardinals at number one. Um, yeah, I think that they are in complete disarray and. Makes me wonder seriously if Steve Wilkes is going to survive the year. Their their defense actually has been playing okay, but um, but yeah, they they look like a, a real mess. <laughs> so, well, who do you have at one, Parker? Uh, I believe the Raiders will pick first in the draft because they are not going to win any more games this year. They, because because they're trying not to win. They are just any more yeah, games, but, man. They're just yeah, so bad. So, and I, yeah. John Gruden trading. Uh, Khalil Mack for two first still looks stupid to me, uh, but managing to get that first for Amari Cooper and three picks, potentially two in the top ten, are are just that that might win it for me. Yeah, they uh, in a bad they way. They can basically go get whoever they want. And was it you that was telling me, or somebody was mentioning that um, that cutting a Derek Carr this offseason. It might have been Nate, oh, actually. Oh, gosh, I didn't say that. This. Yeah, no, Nate was mentioning that cutting Derek Carr actually wouldn't cost... It wouldn't be a, a big cap hit for them. Um, and that it's it's something that's kind of flying under the radar. That's amazing. Bit. Yeah. Uh, especially since Gruden's whole thing was like, oh, yeah, I only want to go to a place that has a quarterback, you know. And... Um, 
it's interesting, man. Well, if anything, really they should trade him to the Jags. That would be a good trade. I, I bet they could get. You think they could get a first for Derek Carr? Yeah, good look. I have no idea. Since Amari Cooper was the first, gosh, we'd probably give him four first. <laughs> we only got two for Khalil Mack. I, I want. I think that you might get a first there if they think they should be a Super Bowl. If they think think this is a Super Bowl window and they're benching Blake Bortles, I don't know if they think that about themselves. But um, yeah, Cody Kessler just started this weekend. So crazy, man. I bet I bet you could at least get a second for Derek Carr. Absolutely. That's that's my guess. Okay. Yeah, fun, man. Fun. And um, since we talked about the draft a little bit, let's segue into some draft-eligible college players coming up. This is sort of like a way-too-early watch list, but at the same time, it's it's uh, the perfect time to be, excuse me, keeping an eye on some uh, players upcoming that uh, – could help your team or your fantasy team. So, um, you know, I focused mostly on quarterback, running back, wide receiver, although I do have a couple linebackers to throw in there um, and even a defensive tackle. I'm not sure. I, I imagine you have this guy, so maybe maybe I won't need to mention him. But, uh, Parker, you picked uh, a few defensive players, right? So we're kind of even on that? Yep, mainly defense. Okay. So, um, Awesome. You want to go tit for tat here? I'll start, and you can fill in. Yeah, brother. Okay, then I'll talk about positionally. Uh, that's how I'll organize this discussion on my end. Um, three quarterbacks that I highlighted uh, to pay attention to here. Now, there are, are certainly more that um, that could be worth paying attention to, um, but the three guys that I am most interested in uh, – in this upcoming draft are in order. Justin Herbert plays for Oregon. He's six foot six and he's a stud. <laughs> um, pretty much unanimously considered the best quarterback prospect uh, coming out in this next draft. And um, he's a, he's a good guy to keep an eye on because you get to watch those late night games often with Oregon, those West coast starts. So Justin Herbert, Oregon, keep an eye on Oregon. They're a fun team to watch. Will Greer, for West Virginia, and Drew Locke for Missouri. Those are the guys that I'm interested in watching, seeing how they um, progress, develop this year, but also just uh, how they're reading the field, their mechanics. These are guys that love to throw the ball, and um, Will Greer, not... Uh, I, I don't even know if he's one of the top five quarterback prospects on most people's boards, which was surprising to me. Um but, yeah, I think that if you want to watch some fun offense, uh, Will Greer is, is a good place to look at West Virginia. Drew Locke is a gunslinger. He's probably not for everybody's taste. He reminds me of, like, a Matt Stafford mixed with a Phillip Rivers, if that makes any sense. Okay. Um, but, yeah, so that's who I got at quarterback. Take a look at Oregon, West Virginia, Mizzou, if you want to watch some interesting quarterbacks play. All right. Um, one quarterback that you didn't mention um, that we I have not heard a lot about is uh, Duke's quarterback Daniel Jones, who is a six five two twenty. Yeah, I, I think um, I don't know a lot about him. Um, I just think uh, from, from the little bit I've read and seen, uh, he may be a player that gets a little first round hype. Um, 
Wow, that's impressive. I mean, I, I kind of do like David Cutcliffe, that head coach, as a as a quarterback guru. Mm-hmm. He was Peyton Manning's coach. He's he's coached some. Um, who was that guy who? Uh, who it wasn't T.J. Yates. It was another guy. Renfro was there a Sean Renfro? A quarter, yeah, something like that. Yeah, well, anyway, Duke had a, has has put some pretty like. Uh, no-name guys into the NFL, and I think that's David Cutcliffe um, working his magic. So yeah, that's a fun that's a fun name, man. Good good thought. Yeah. Um, well, obviously the the number one player that everyone has heard about is Nick Bosa, um, the edge from OSU, but he is no longer in college football. So someone that we are <laughs> going to talk about because he is still in college football is Ed Oliver, the DT. Uh, that was the name Houston. I was thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. He's really short. Uh, so he's only about six one. And I, the last I read about him was that he weighs anywhere between two seventy and two eighty. So small, mm-hmm. light, um, and a lot of people are kind of an Aaron Donald. Yeah, that's Aaron what a lot of people stuff. are comparing him to, right? Um, but Aaron Donald mm-hmm. was an inch taller and ten to fifteen pounds heavier. So, but Ed Oliver has some serious burst. Uh, he's got a nonstop motor and is. Uh, he dominates the competition at Houston, so that's really all you can ask for. Yeah, and I think you can line him up at, in a lot of places on an NFL defensive line. Agreed. And that, that's definitely attractive. Um, so the next area that I had uh, that I had scouted a little bit was running back, Parker. I, I came up with three names here, um, and it's not a great running back class. Start off with that. Bryce Love is the obvious guy. I'm not going to talk about him, but um, Stanford, take a look. Um, a little undersized for my taste. Parker and I have our dispute about this. But so <laughs> but, fast. Uh, it's very fast. So the guys that if you get a chance to watch, you should take a look at are um, one of them's currently injured uh, and probably contributed to Michigan State losing handily this weekend to Michigan, but LJ Scott for Michigan State. Nice. Really interesting guy. He, I think, is actually pretty similar to um, former Michigan State running back Le'Veon Bell uh, in a lot of ways. But, yeah, LJ Scott, physical, big-body guy. Um, if he's healthy, he would be a good guy to scout, definitely. Um, is he a senior this year, Sam? I think he's a junior. Okay. Um, yeah. Or redshirt sophomore. I think this is his third year. Um, interesting name, Devin Singletary. Um, if you've heard of this guy, this is a deep cut. He plays for FAU with Lane Kiffin. And ever since Kiffin got there, their offense has been absolutely dynamic, at least at that level of non-Power 5 football. Uh, he's currently, I think, record holder um, in a couple of – career rushing areas for NCAA history right now. So uh, a guy to take a look at. Yeah, Devin Singletary, FAU, um, fun to watch. And then uh, I guess this is a, you know, home homer pick, but I just really think in a weak running back class, a guy people should take a look at is Jordan Scarlett for Florida. Um, he's got the size uh, and body frame that you like in an NFL running back, I think. I think he'll probably run in the four fives, maybe low four fives, um, but he's got really great feet, and I think behind a better offensive line than Florida, Jordan Scarlett could look really good. 
Um, so that would be my recommendation. If you're going to watch Florida, look for the running back with the dreads, number 25. And, uh, yeah, he, he's a fun guy to watch as well. I like it. Great. Pick. Yeah. Thanks. Um, well, the next guy that I was going to talk about is um, Brian Burns, uh, the defensive end from Florida State. I know it pains oh, you. Oh, man. Yeah. I wanted him so badly to commit to Florida. Yeah. You- uh, we were really hot on his trail and, and uh, having a bad season, though, so I can't blame him. Um, but, yeah, I, I thought he was a complete stud. Yeah, he has not been bad uh, in his college career. Um had a pretty decent year going so far. Uh, he's 6'5", 235, so uh, he, he's going to be a nice piece um, and should go pretty early in the draft this year. Clemson is going to get a really good look at him. Uh, it's either this week or next week. So It's this week, yeah. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, speaking of defensive lines, uh, if you want to watch a good one, check out Clemson <laughs> this week going up against a terrible offensive line in Florida State. Yeah, very true. Uh, it, it should be an absolute feast. But um, literally all of Clemson's starting defensive line is projected to go in the first or second round of this year's NFL draft. <laughs> so uh, it's pretty insane. Um, I think I think maybe Dexter Lawrence and um, – and. Christian Wilkins and Farrell are all first-round picks, and I think Dexter Lawrence and Wilkins might both be top ten overall prospects on on uh, Mel Kuyper's board. Yeah. So that's pretty wild. Uh, but anyway, um, I wanted to just touch in on wide receivers a little bit. Um, Jesse, you know, was asking when this Cooper trade happened if we were up to date on any wide receivers enough to know whether or not uh, they would have been a better selection than Amari Cooper, and um, my my take is no. <laughs> I don't know if any of these ceilings are higher than Cooper, maybe down the line, but I think Cooper will be better than any of these guys next year. Mm-hmm. That would be my take. Still, there are some really interesting bodies coming out, um, and talent as a whole. I don't mean to you know minimize their, their ability just to their physical frame, but... Um, let me name a few guys for you, Parker. No, please. Uh, or, or I'll, you know, I'll start with teams here. Okay, so if you want to see good wide receivers and you want to see a bunch of them in one place, gotta go watch Ole Miss. They have three guys that are probably in the top ten as far as positional ranking uh, this year. AJ Brown, most considered to be the number one wide receiver in the class. Six foot one, two twenty five. Supposed to run like a four five or so. Uh, he's a stud. DK Metcalf has been having a ridiculous season for them, and um, another big bodied guy. And then Demarcus Lodge as a really good third receiver. Um, so uh, yeah, a lot of interesting players at Ole Miss. Also Texas, pretty loaded at wide receiver right now. They have. Um, Guy, I've never heard this name before, Parker. His name is Lil Jordan. Lil Jordan Humphrey. Lil Jordan Humphrey, <laughs> all right. Yeah, he's 6'4", 225. Also, Colin Johnson, 6'5", 220. Big bodies. Um, I want to watch Texas a little bit more, pay attention to these guys, and see how Ellinger is doing, throwing, throwing around to these big, big boys. Um, a guy that I have heard a lot about 
that maybe is a deep cut on the West Coast is Nikhil Harry. Six foot four, two sixteen. Um, he is kind of a guy who's like the only real NFL talent on that offense, from what I can tell. Um, he had a thousand yard receiving season last year, and uh, yeah, just an interesting prospect that could be a good uh, deep round flyer for a team. And then, um, you know, South Carolina fans will be upset that I'm not mentioning Debo Samuel more, and, and I do think he is a talented guy. I, I'm confused by his season. He seems to not be nearly as effective as he should be. So I'm going to talk about Hunter Renfro for Clemson instead. Hello. Because I think that Hunter Renfro not only is going to get drafted, but I think he's going to be a productive player in the NFL if he wants to be. Um, he is an excellent route runner, and I've never seen a guy who gets the ball thrown to him more on third down. Like, teams have to know that if it's third down, the ball's coming to Renfro, and yet somehow he's always open. Um, so, yeah, that's that's my take on wide receivers. Clemson is where Renfro plays. Um so Ole Miss, Texas, Arizona State, Clemson, those are good, interesting wide receiver schools to take a look at. Yep, excellent, excellent points. Uh, yeah. My third guy uh, is a Florida boy, and this guy has really burst onto the scene this year uh, and really supplanted um, your other defensive end uh, as my favorite from y'all's school. Is, is That is right. Ja'Kai Polite. Um, that guy is having a monster season. His effort level is incredible, uh, and I would be very pleased to get him uh, in the draft. Yeah, that's definitely the scouting report on Polite is just unreal Relentless motor. motor. Absolutely plays out of his mind every single play. Talented guy, but but the motor is where he makes his hay. 6'2", 260. Not super fast, not super big, but... Um, He's going to play harder than you every every single down. Um, so, yeah, I, that's a good pick, Parker. Uh, one more name I want to throw out there, and I'm not sure if you have any more. Do you? I have one more interesting name. Okay, I got one, too. This is my only defensive player I'm going to throw out there. Um, and he's, like, obviously the number one linebacker coming out, but it's uh, LSU's Devin White. Mm. I think this guy is Deion... Is, is as good as Deion Jones, could be better even. Um, super fast, absolute tackling machine. If your defense needs a middle linebacker, this is the guy you want, uh, in my humble opinion. Yeah. yeah, he looks like a total stud from... Did you watch him against Georgia? I did. He, he had a... Uh, we did a good job running at him, uh, but he is, he is a physical freak and covers sideline to sideline, so... Mm-hmm. He's going to be better than Duke Riley, that's for sure. <laughs> Sad. Anyway, uh, my only offensive player, and probably one of the most interesting players in college football, just because where he plays is Noah Font, uh, the tight end from Iowa. And they have several mm -hmm. tight ends, actually. Uh, one underclassman that is going to burst onto the scene next year. Um, but Noah Font is an excellent player and i think he's gonna go first round uh this year he's big body really fast lines up outside very versatile tight end um and it would suck if a team like the patriots got him 
Yeah, it sucks whenever they get good players. Yeah, and I think he is really good, so. But you want Nick Bosa, right? Oh, my goodness. There's no way the Falcons are going to be in play for him. Uh, but, yeah, Nick Bosa is the is the dream. Yeah. I want the best offensive lineman that, that is in this class. I'm not sure who that is right now. Um, Mitch Hyatt, maybe? I'm not sure. Uh, but if not Mitch Hyatt, if I have to take somebody that I just named, I want Devin White to go right up next to uh, – Tremaine Edmonds. Ooh, that'd be a fearsome linebacking core. <laughs> for the Billies. Parker, we just talked about some players to tune in for. I guess this episode isn't going to be as long as I thought. I, I, we, we do still have a bit more to talk because we're going to hit, you know, the biggest game of the weekend for college football. But first, let's do a little college pick man. What do you think? All right, baby, let's hit it. All right, so I... I picked out these games. Parker is going to. Uh, it hasn't heard these lines yet, so I'm going to tell them the li- him the lines, and he's going to have to pick them just off the top of his head. That's how we usually do it here. Also, um, yeah, right off the top, I went back and uh, listened to our picks for the first two podcasts of the year, and uh, mm-hmm. I have those results. If if you would like to hear them. Please, please uh, put us on blast here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so don't bet the way that Sam and I pick, uh, basically. (laughs) Uh, Through the first week, we were both four and five. Uh, Okay. Yeah, so we got some some easy ones right uh, and some some easy ones wrong. Uh, But the most egregious, I think, that we got wrong uh, was the – where was it? Uh, was that OSU-Penn State game. It was three and a half. We both thought OSU would crush them, but it was a one-point game. So, Okay, gotcha. But the week two, we did a little better, and we both went four and four. Bama really saved us with that final throw-in. So overall, <laughs> we are both eight and nine, uh, even though we we both got some right that the other one didn't. So How about that, huh? Okay, well, so we're even on the year. That's fun. Uh, and I think that's how Vegas would like it, that we're a little bit under average. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, so let's see how we do this week then, man. Uh, right. And we have a good amount of games. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten games for us to pick oh, wow. this week. Yeah, so we'll uh, hopefully bump those scores up here. First one, uh, two unranked teams, but a close game could be interesting to tune in for. Uh, Georgia Tech is a three-point underdog on the road in Blacksburg, Virginia Tech. An ACC matchup. I think both of these teams are pretty interesting to watch. I kind of like watching Georgia Tech's old-school offense. Um, And I I think Virginia Tech's coach, Fuente, is is pretty good, although they've kind of had a weird season. So what do you think, Parker? Hmm. Georgia Tech's three-point underdogs. Yeah, I think Virginia Tech uh, takes this and the points. Yeah, I'm going to take Georgia Tech. Ooh, I like it. (laughs) All right, cool. Um, This is what I'm calling the trap game of the week. I've been telling Gina this, and she is totally on the same page as me, uh, and I don't you know, for, for all Clemson fans' sake, I don't want it to end up that way, especially because I hate Florida State. But number two, Clemson headed to Tallahassee. They're coming off a win against undefeated NC State. So, 
you know, they were probably hearing this is the team you have to beat to win the ACC. Um, they're going to Tallahassee against the Florida State team that has just woefully underperformed this year. Um, they are favored on the road by 17. Florida State 17-point home dogs. Clemson's very good. Florida State has looked very bad. On paper, Florida State is nearly as talented, at least in the players that they've recruited. Now, mm. on the line of scrimmage is where they are not as good as Clemson, especially uh, their offensive line versus Clemson's. But, Parker, what do you think? Clemson favored by 17. Man, I have doubted that Clemson D-line. Oh, gosh. Uh, I got to take Clemson in the points, even though I think FSU will give them a game. Um, but that D-line and Brent Venables is – They're just too good. Yeah. This is a hard pick for me, man. I don't want to pick Florida State, but I think I'm going to here. I think I'm going to say I really am am worried for Clemson in this game because I hate Florida State. I have a lot of Clemson friends. I think this is is an absolute trap game. Love Uh, it. Great pick. All right, man. So we're, we've been opposed on the first two. One of us is going to be good. One of us isn't. Um, <laughs> we have to pick old UNC Charlotte. Uh, they are at home. They're hosting Southern Miss. They are seven-point home underdogs to Southern Miss. <laughs> I imagine we're pretty safe just picking uh, SMU, probably, right? Yep, I am, taking, I am taking Southern Miss <laughs> and the points. Yeah, same, same. Count me down for Southern Miss. Um Here's an interesting one. Uh, number 18, Iowa, headed to number 17, Penn State. Ooh. Um, Iowa is favored. Oh, excuse me. Iowa are underdogs on the road by six and a half. So Penn State by a touchdown, basically. Dadgum, six and a half sounds like a bunch. I'm taking Iowa in this game. Yeah? Yeah, that's interesting. I think I'm going to take Penn State. <laughs> wow, I love it. Yeah, I feel like Penn State has the ability to score if they can. If but Iowa's defense is really good. That is tough. Hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll stick with Penn State though. I, I do like think it. it'll be a fairly close game. Okay, here's there are a couple crazy lines this week, man. Vegas must know something that we don't. So USF, University of Southern Florida, one of my alma maters, <laughs> one of my many alma maters, they. Uh, are undefeated this year. Did you know that? USF? USF, yes. Wicked. No, I did not know that. Yeah. Let me double check that. I don't want to I don't want to steer you wrong. Um, but they are headed to uh, Houston this week. It's unranked. USF is number twenty one. Um, wow. Yeah. Let's see. Houston is six and one overall. South Florida is seven and zero overall. That's insane. Okay. Undefeated. There's a real chance that UCF and USF are both undefeated heading into their uh, rivalry week game at the end of this year, which would make the war for I four an absolute must watch <laughs> for Conference USA <laughs> or uh, excuse me American Athletic Conference. Does it even matter? <laughs> so. Uh, so yeah, USF though, Parker, they're seven and a half point underdogs on the road against Houston, what? an unranked Houston team. The, the but Houston is six and one. Okay, so 
And I think the only loss Houston has is, let me see, um, they lost to Texas Tech on the road. Mm. Um, and they scored 49 points on Texas Tech that week. Mm. But they, uh, yeah, so, so USF 7 and a half point underdogs on the road. Yeah, that that's too I, I, much. I'm taking USF here. Okay, I'm I'm taking the two, man. I think USF is good, <laughs> probably, and uh, this is a total guess for me. But I, I really want to see them uh, play UCF when both teams are undefeated. That would be a heck of a game. So um, the next one is kind of weird too, and maybe two teams we're a little bit more familiar with. Number twelve, Kentucky. This is a top 15 ranked team, right, Parker? Number 12 in the country. They're headed to Mizzou this weekend. Mizzou is favored by seven points. Oh, oh no. Over Kentucky. <laughs> oh, no. Give me Kentucky all the way. Yeah. Yeah, you're, uh, you're not buying that at all, huh? No, man. Who are you taking? <laughs> no, that, that's insane. Seven points? <laughs> Yeah, seven points. I don't know. There something smells here to me. Like what? They, I I'm tempted to take Mizzou, but I don't think that they'll. Yeah, I don't think they'll win by seven though. If they win, I'm gonna take Kentucky too. Uh, I'm gonna take Kentucky here. All right, um, it's a good pick. Yeah. All right, next one. Washington State, number 14. They're headed at Stanford. And I forgot to look this line up. Hold on one second. <laughs> no, you did. Did you see, though, that Washington State put it on Oregon this past week? Yeah, man. That was that was a crazy game. Herbert looked pretty average the most of the game. Now, he did have a couple of passes into the end zone that were just outstanding. So, mm -hmm. it, it's very clear why he's the number one quarterback prospect. Yeah. Okay, so Stanford is favored at home, I think, here, over Washington State. Mm. Uh, Stanford favored by three at home. Ooh, three at home? Mm-hmm. <sighs> give me Washington State, man. That, that's too crazy. Oh, dang. That's what's up, dude. You're making some crazy picks this week. I love it. I'm taking Washington State, too. Nice. Uh, heck, yeah. That, they're crazy, man. That Mike Leach team, who knows? He's such a nut, but I love it. Yeah. Well, people have been banging Washington State because I think it started as a Stanford four-and-a-half-point favorite. So, so people are, are uh, on our side of the fence here, mostly. Um, this is an absolute slap in the face to South Carolina. <laughs> Tennessee, is com coming to, Tennessee is coming to Columbia, the team that just got – 28 points scored on them in the first quarter by Alabama last week. Right. South Carolina is only favored by eight and a half mm. against Tennessee. <laughs> Does that feel right to you? Man, that sounds like a lot of points. I'll tell you what, I'm taking South Carolina right now. Give me Tennessee, baby. Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> Tennessee. Sorry, Nathan. Uh, ooh, man. Tennessee to win outright or just cover? No, no, just to, just to cover. Okay. Interesting one here, Parker. Number six, Texas. On a sky-high run, the best that they've been in a good long while. Number six, headed to Oklahoma State. 
Texas on the road, only favored by three and a half. Mm. Yeah, give, give me Texas on that one. Same. Same here. They, they, that's the Mike Gundy effect, man. The mullet, people are afraid of the mullet out there. Yeah. Um, Not this year. Yeah. And then the coup de resistance, what we've been waiting for this whole time. Florida, number nine, Florida. Seven-point underdogs against seven, number seven, Georgia. Mm. Um, number nine versus number seven, college game day, SEC Nation. are both going to be in Jacksonville. Um Georgia leads the overall series. Florida has uh, the winning record over the past 20, 25 years. Um, so, Parker, how you feeling, man? Uh, you know, this is going to be a tough game. This line has come down, right? Because a couple of days ago it was at 9. Now it's at, excuse me, 7. Uh, I hope this is a high-scoring affair. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't. <laughs> I, I'm hoping it's like 36 to... 24 georgia um so but in that case georgia would cover but i think florida's defense is for real man y'all y'all really have some juice on the other side of the ball and it was shown to us against lsu if you can get in jake Fromm's face we're in trouble this is my question to you parker and i'm waiting to make my pick based on your answer what is the quarterback situation heading into this week for Georgia? Well, Jake Fromm is clearly the starter, right? Like, if we were going to put him, Justin Fields, and see what he could do, it would have been last week in the third quarter when Fromm was clearly incapable of doing anything. Um, LSU had shut down our run in the second half, and except for Justin Fields, whenever he came in the game, we were averaging, like, six yards plus per run. So, uh, it... And, and Florida does. Florida's defense is, is really incredible in takeaways. Um, but I suspect we will leave Fromm in the game and maybe use Fields on uh, closer to the goal line. But, yeah, I think if Fromm can, can stay clean in the pocket, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be well. But if not, yeah, we're, let, we're in trouble. Let me phrase this another way, I guess. How short is the leash at this point, hmm. do you think? Is from out and out the, the starter unless it's a blowout uh, in one way or another? Yeah, I think Fromm's going to get at least 85% of the snaps here. Uh, Kirby Smart's just – he's just not going to go away from Fromm, even though Fields is clearly more physically talented. We just haven't seen Fields throw the ball one time, right? So and even in seven games, we haven't seen Fields throw the ball. So it's uh, – for at least a whole series, so it's just, I don't know, man. Yeah. <sighs> well, honestly, that is, is uh, in my mind, good for Georgia. I think that Fromm is good. I think he, you want to stick with him right now and yeah. not shake shake the uh, rock the boat, if you will. And so I'm, I'm going to pick Georgia and pick them to cover. Oh, no. Yeah, I, I do think Georgia is vastly more talented than Florida right now. I think that Florida is um, is not going to lose this game big. I think this will be a two-score game at the most. Um, I think there is a narrative in which Florida could win. I'm sure they'll be watching the LSU tape, 
if they can get a lot of pressure on Fromm, if they can force turnovers, then, um, you know, that's sort of how Florida's been winning games. They've, they've been supplementing a kind of average to slightly below average offense with um, really good special teams play, getting a ton of turnovers, winning the turnover margin by a lot, and some really innovative, creative play calling. They've sort of been scheming around the deficiencies of Felipe Franks, essentially. And I'm just not sure that that's going to really cut it against Georgia. I think you're going to have to execute what you, what the core of your offense is, and you're going to have to do that really well. And Kirby Smart's an excellent defensive mind who, and, and I know the smartest Florida people who I listen to are worried about the fact that um, – the spread run, the spread uh, option based offense that's that Dan Mullen runs that is predicated on running the ball uh, doesn't have a whole lot of room for error, mm-hmm. um, and I think that um, against good defenses, it can be exposed and snuffed out pretty easily, especially when you have a quarterback like Franks, who really just isn't a talented runner of the ball. So, um, if if Mullen can scheme a win out of this one, it would be an absolute masterpiece of coaching. Um, I think if Florida is competitive, that Florida fans will be disappointed, but also satisfied and mark it as a sign of of progress. Hmm. Um, I think that Florida never really had. And if, if anybody actually from Florida actually had playoff aspirations this year, I think that w- was a pipe dream, and, and I would say BS, no way. Anybody thought that Florida was going to gonna make the playoffs? But Georgia absolutely did. Yeah. And so I think the pressure is on for Georgia to win out at this point. Have to. Uh, and they, be- they beat Alabama last year. I think that they probably have some amount of confidence that they can do that again. So um, it's still winning your end for both of these teams, but but Florida, you know, they they never thought they'd be here. Georgia has everything to lose now. So um, yeah, I think with the backs against the wall, I probably have to pick Georgia on this one. But man, it's going to be a good game, don't you think? It will be, buddy. Do you have a uh, do you have a final score prediction? Hmm. I guess I'll say Georgia. Georgia 28, Florida 20, Florida 20. That's my pick. Okay. What do you think? Yeah, 36-24 is is, uh, where I expect this game to be. So uh, I think it's going to be a great game, and and I'm really sorry that you're going to be indisposed for most of the game uh but i will <laughs> yeah be i'll be at a wedding but but it'll be a fun wedding and um you know i'm sure my dad and you will help keep me up to date on it or maybe we should just you know make a pact of not talking yeah so <laughs> steve and i will have to take a weekend off from texas <laughs> that's all right yeah um and we'll save you know we'll save our our next milkshake bet for something that's a little less personal maybe <laughs> all right. well, Ooh, the bet this week is if Georgia wins, then you have to wear a UGA shirt for a day. And if Florida wins, then I have to wear a Florida shirt for a day. Hmm. 
See, to me, this seems like it's a, I picked Georgia to win, so it seems like a bad bet. But you know what? For the spirit of it, I'll take you up on it, buddy. Done. Let's do this thing. Done. I will send um, you the Georgia shirt of my choosing. All right. I'll send you a Florida shirt of my choosing <laughs> if Florida does happen to win. Um, <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Excellent. Maniacal. Okay, man. Uh, Parker, it's a pleasure as always. Um, thanks again, everybody, for listening, for tuning in to the Sports Fella podcast, where we hope you enjoyed some good, smart sports talk and some sports fellowship. We'll catch you next time. Take it easy until then. Parker, any last words? We out your boy. I see everybody. Bye. <laughs>